Welcome to Unputting the Territory, the bonus pint-sized series from Unbooking the Territory, where we are following the only time the Professional Wrestling Championship ever changed hands by a legitimate sporting competition. It's the BTE Gear to Golf Tournament. This week, it's the final. It's the first ever BTE World Heavyweight Championship Gator Golf Tournament. It'll be a 12-man tournament, three rounds, and the winner will ultimately be decided in the Triple Threat Finals. Good luck to all. How are you this week, Dan? I'm doing great, mate. I'm absolutely buzzing. I've got my suit on. I've got a beer in hand. It's cup final day, and I just can't wait to get into it. I mean, it was exciting early, wasn't it, when we got the coach to jackson's place and we walked around in our suits over the course uh, did the uh yeah drunk it. we got to tour around all the uh, all the previous courses as well just to see how uh, you know how it all looked and how challenging things were and i i nearly went ass over tits on that one for the matt hardy trent semi-final yeah it's just a shame that they let us try on the green jacket and uh, we ripped it yeah well i think the mistake we made was trying to get into it at the same time yes that's it yeah yeah it's uh well, it, it was an American medium, so we thought we'd have a chance. <laughs> Once I got it on myself, it did make me feel rather skinny. It was, it was pleasant. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just a shame that uh, the winner of the overall tournament isn't going to get it. I mean, Jesus Christ, if John Silver lived in it, <laughs> bigger than his house. John Silver planned to take it camping. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to set up a circus. <laughs> I did have something weird to follow up then, but I took a drink, so... Well, talking about drinks, Dan, we've walked the course, we've been there for the press junket, but before we do any Gator Golf, we're going to head over to the 19th hole. Yes, we are. It was like a magic trick. I didn't even mean to time it like that. Yeah, did you have a magic wand in your hand? When you... <laughs> One hand can opening. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just years of, uh, well, abusing my body with alcohol. Fair enough. Yeah. So for those... Going in beer order, I actually finished the can that the second can that I mentioned, um, and I'm currently on a Renegade Lager at 4.1%, which is from Renegade Brewery and is again from Beer 52. It's got incredible can art, actually. There's some sort of steampunk robot, like gentleman cowboy smoking a pipe made of dynamite. A cowboy on dynamite? Hangman Page isn't in this tournament. <laughs> and he's got bullets on his hat. Oh, well, there's going to be some gold. <laughs> Is there going to be any Bullet Club gold at the end of this? <laughs> Actually, do you know what? If anything, it looks a bit like a robot wing commander Nash in a car. Oh, he's meant to be a sheriff. I've just seen the star. Anyway, I'm taking a drink. Robot sheriff wing commander Nash should totally get books in uh, AEW. Oh, that's smooth. Mm. Not much carbonation to it, so it's not like proper lagery, if that makes sense, but... Yeah, I've, I, t- I've, I've taken a photo of the can art as well for uh, for when this drops. I always feel bad on. I'm listening to Chris Bellis doing his acceptable in the '90s, and he's doing his craft ale reviews, and he's talking about how long the head stays on the pint and stuff. And I'm just here's what I'm drinking. I'm drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's, I think it's nice. I think it's shit. I've just sent you a photo of the uh, of the robot sheriff wing commander. Oh, very good. Yeah, I'm enjoying that. Yeah, nice can out there. I am drinking a Memento, which is a Nitro Modern Best Bitter from Siren Brewery. It's unfortunately one that I've had before, but Beer 52 were have deemed to send me it again. Um, I'll give it a 3.75. It's decent, but uh, come on, bitch. Too sorry, Al. Life's too short to drink the same beer twice. Purchased from the same <laughs> beer subscription service. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear. It, it does happen on occasion, sadly. To be fair, we went to Create Escape in Huddersfield, which, you know, it's a sort of wholesale beer thing. And they have a load of, like, Mystery Beer 52 boxes. These are presumably ones that didn't sell. So they could be from any month. And they're quite deeply discounted. All right. You couldn't guarantee, you know, if you brought a few of them, you couldn't guarantee that they were all the same or they could be all different or who knows. Mm, interesting. Boxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But if you do want to save money on beer... You can log on to Tartarus Beers at tartarusbeers.co.uk, put in the promo code UTT Podcast 15 and get 15% off. Now, Simon only interrupts me to praise the same way it ruins the whole thing, but I just had to let you go there, but that was masterful. Well, I appreciate that. You went really bobbly there, but I'm keeping it in because uh, that counts as good feedback. That's going on my one to one. Where do you see yourself with this podcast in five years' time? <laughs> Chasing the uh, audience away by covering more and more obscure shit. While drunk. Yeah, yeah. But no, we're grateful for everyone that's still listening. Yeah, <laughs> Hopefully we're not yeah. just uh, screaming out into the void. <laughs> I mean, you, to be fair, you've stuck with us through an entire tournament of Gator Golf. <laughs> Yeah, I never thought in my wildest dreams when I started podcasting that it would end up like this. Yeah. Well, I mean, to to be fair, it's uh, like uh, Sai's doing his absolute level best to turn Shane Wrestling into the Barry Windham podcast. Yeah. (laughs) All he had to do was start podcasting with me or you. Well, no, I mean, we we only do, you know, one-off spin-off series about (laughs) legitimate hard bastards who like to sing and dance. That's a fair point. Yeah. So, we're at the final. Matt Jackson, who beat Fuego del Sol in the final, has managed to get to the final, despite Sammy Guevara's best efforts of trying to take him out with his shoe. Fortunately, Brian Cage saved the tournament. John Silver, who beat Colt Cabana, who'd had plastic surgery that made him look exactly like Michael Nakazawa, which helped him in the first round, but not in the semi-final. And Trent, who beat Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy had gained an advantage from Luchasaurus's ball hitting his in the first round and lost despite his ball hitting Trent in the semi-final. That's a lot of balls you're talking there, Rob. I know, I know. But we know what we're talking about. <laughs> I'm glad you I'm glad you do, because I'm still a little bit lost. So, I mean, we, we joked at the start about walking the hallowed turf like they do at Wembley. We haven't actually seen the final at course. What do you think the final course will be like? Have you got any predictions? Absolutely none at all. I think at this point in the, in the tournament, the only thing we know for sure is that nothing's for sure. 
It could be anything. They could have him trying to play up a waterfall. They could have invented a portal gun. <laughs> and have to play through it like that. I just don't know what to expect. I'm gutted, given that Sting was in the company, that they never like filmed a segment with the only thing for sure about Gator Golf is nothing's for sure with Sting. Uh, you say that, Robin. It's, it's just a testament, really. We should actually be, be writing all this stuff, to be quite honest, because we'd have seen that a mile off and persuaded Sting to do it. Yeah, we would. So we've had some comments from the listeners uh, with this being the final of the BTE Gator Golf Tournament where uh, we've asked them what was their greatest moments of uh, final or sporting competition? Yeah, and I've seen a couple of the replies, but I'll be buggered if I can remember. Yeah, so uh, Wade Elliott, uh, sorry, do beg your pardon, <laughs> Steve-O. Wade Elliott <laughs> Yeah, I know. Uh, well, <laughs> to, to be fair, we, we have been in touch with Andy Payton. Talking about Burnley, Steve-O, at Total Steve-O, said Wade Elliott scoring a 30-yard screamer to beat Sheffield United 1-0 in the Championship playoff final. So this is something I have been made to watch several times because of Beth. <laughs> and Chris. And Chris, yeah, the whole family. And if, uh, if you would ever met in person, probably Max. Yeah. James at Yam All Right said, on a personal level, uh, Robbie Dennison's goal at the Sherpa Vans Trophy Final in 1988. At the time, the club had not um, long started liquidation and uh, facing extinction. This win at Wembley was huge for the club and the city. The Wolves were back. Bloody hell. I'm ignorant of my football in history there because I never knew Wolves were that close to, to well, death, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there were, yeah. So, Chat Graffles and Cheap Pops podcast uh, has posted uh, a video of their favourite moment from a final. It's the 10 pin bowling, Pete Webber's Who Do You Think You Are? Oh, he's such a dog. <laughs> oh, bless him. I love, I love how into it he got. And, you know, he's, he's, one, he's, he's a master of his craft and all of that, but he sounded like such a knobhead. He did. He did indeed. But yeah, that, that's what you get from the sporting competition of 10-pin bowling. Shocking. It's talking about sporting competition. Millwall Chris, at Millwall Chris 1, has said it's got to be average Joe's winning. And that's in uh, the film Dodgeball. <laughs> I don't think many people saw that coming. But that was sporting competition. And uh, do you know the five Ds of Dodgeball? Dodge, duck, dip, dive and dodge. Exactly, yes. And if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Yeah, and those are the, the official five Ds from the American Dodgeball Association of America. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he has come uh, on a footballing front as well, and he says it's surely got to be Calais Racing Union, who were a French non-league side who reached the French Cup final back in 2000. It was an unbelievable cup run and unfortunately ended in heartbreaking loss to Nance. And again, I didn't even know that happened. No, I didn't. Something else that I didn't know that would happen happened. Graham at Good Bad Wrestle from the Good Cop Bad Cop Wrestling Podcast said, uh, not the greatest, but I'm sure um, I will um, be even better on my own personal favourite. Kanak was at Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals in 2006 to see the Carolina Hurricanes win and lift aloft the famous trophy. That's ice hockey, yeah. I um, is it? Is it Stanley Cup? 
Stanley Cup. Uh, well, I, I thought it would have to be baseball or ice hockey, to be fair. Stanley Ferry is a canal basin, I know that. So <laughs> Stanley knives. So I think it's knife throwings. I'm, I'm throwing on a canal boat. That'd be more impressive. No, the Stanley Cup is the ice hockey trophy because it's that ridiculously big one. It's about five foot tall. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. I'd like to see uh, Real Madrid's team bus run over that. <laughs> <laughs> Take out an axle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Copa del Rey's like, well, you know, I'm going to tell my big brother about you. Can you imagine dropping that off a bus during a parade? Yeah, it's insane, that trophy, isn't it? Yeah, another one you mean. Take out, take out a full city block. It looks like it's extendable, doesn't it? Because each like level's smaller than the last, like you know, like a radio aerial. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just wondering if they just keep adding tiers to it. The more people win it, do, do you think in the close season they just push it down and it's just a disc? Yeah, and then Graham throws it at golf at disc golf. Yeah, he, throw, he throws it and then it lands and it's a full trophy. Oh wow, yeah, the, so definitely stuff to get involved with ice hockey. Yeah. The pop up tent of, uh, of sporting trophies. Yeah. And you, you know they say that uh, the internet listens to you? Yeah. I think the internet listens to you and then it runs away and it gets in touch with Pig Bladders because Pig Bladders, has, <laughs> at King Pig Bladders, has said it's an easy one. It's the Royal Knockout featuring minor members of the royal family <laughs> testing sports <laughs> against each other from national TV. I was literally talking about that the day he sent it. <laughs> it like, that is bizarre. It is bizarre, yeah, yeah. Prince Edward's idea to try and uh, make the royal family popular by having them play just on Frontier. Yeah. Weird. Weird. So Matt Jackson beat Mick Jackson in the first round of Fuego del Sol in the semi-final. John Silver beat Alex Reynolds in the first round, and as we say, Colt Cabana, who was... um, in the uh, body looking exactly like Michael Nakazawa's. Trent had beaten Chucky T, and then he beat Matt Hardy in the semi-final. So we're here at the three-man final, which is a weird setup. Yeah, it's a bit odd. But, you know, it's a bit different, and I think it'll add an extra dimension and an extra challenge. You know, they've gone through these these one-on-one duels, if you like, throughout, and just adding a third person in there, it's uh, it's going to alter the, the, the dynamics significantly. You know, you you're not only playing against your opponent and, and your own your own mind, you've you've got that extra opponent, that extra brain to contend with. You have indeed. So we're on Being the Elite, episode 229. It's called Full Gear Fallout. And we're 10 minutes and 15 seconds in. So if people are ready to go, I'll give a countdown. Three, two, one, go. We've got the brackets back. It's, it's a lovely bracket, and oh, we're in some kind of living room. This wow, this is going all over Daly's place with the executive suites and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it's actually signposted on the floor, and there's the title behind the gate of golf. They've all got the balls in the hands. Uh, so, ah, this must be at the hotel because there's a bed in the background. Mm. I don't know whose room it is. John Silver's wearing a Corona Extra t shirt. And uh, Trent's got a, a T-shirt with a happy dog on it. So they've immediately got the best gear on because, um, you, you know, whichever Jackson that is, is shilling for, for full gear. Anybody would think he was an EVP? 
well, maybe, maybe they couldn't sell them for full gear. So, <laughs> imagine this is <laughs> pandemic, isn't it? Matt Jackson has taken his earring out because you know it's a sporting competition, and he can't wear an earring while he's playing gator golf. Yeah, you got to take it seriously. Oh, a three-way paper rock oh, scissors Johnny's out. on the first one. Scissors for both Matt and Trent. And Matt has paper, Trent has rock, so Matt wins. And Matt goes first and Ooh, makes it through. Through the coffee table. Ooh, Trent's stuck in the coffee table. And John Silver rattles Ooh, round, pushes yeah. Trent's ball further back. <laughs> but actually giving Trent a, uh, an easier shot, I think. Yes, no, he cleared him out. He, he sort of looped round the coffee table. That's like a decent second shot for Trent. Oh, oh Johnny Hunger, you sneaky bugger. Take, you bringing out the pool shot. Yeah, exactly. They've all got their own gate. Oh, is that two coffee tables in a row? No. Oh, he's stuck in the corner. That's what you get for being cocky. Matt's stuck there, and Trent's stuck in the previous one. Intriguing shot there from Matt. Yeah, sort of the using the club face, but like at a 90 degree angle. Oh, Johnny Hungy gets stuck in the same corner that Matt did. These circular coffee tables are no one's friend, are they? No, they're really evening things up. Oh, Trent's through the suit near. Oh, it's not a really sharp angle to try and get into the next room. Mm. Yeah, John Silver loves those snooker. It should have been a snooker tournament, shouldn't it? The way he's playing these shots. I want want John Silver to uh, present Big Break. Oh, that'd be that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? The object, put as many balls as you can. Can Trent make oh, this? Oh, look at! Did you see? Uh, did you see uh, Nick's? Is it Nick Jackson's ball coming back? Yeah, it spun wildly back, didn't it? Trent makes a serious decision of taking a small shot to get through, and he's discovered a bar that he's getting himself a drink from. Mm. So well done Ooh, for that's that. Going in the curtains. Oh, just outside the curtains there, Trent. Uh, Decent-ish shot. On the cushions a little bit, a bit too far to the right. John Silver's got a lot of work. Oh, he's oh, angry no. shot has passed him. Oh, it's behind where he started and in the legs of the chairs. He's going to have to pull out an Istanbul-level miracle to get this. I mean, it's a long way behind the other two now, isn't it? Yeah, he's... Oh, that's not... Bill oh. his third snooker shot, and it's again behind him, his second shot in a row where the ball goes behind where he started. Yeah, it's all going so it's wrong. Well in this tournament, it's all going wrong for Silver. He's going to have to happy Gilmore the shit out of this. Oh. Another snooker shot, and oh, that's Ooh, actually that's better. the room. Is it going to get out into the hall? It's getting then? out into the corridor. And, well, he's got a decent shot into the next room from there. But Matt's Ooh, ready. That's a good setup. The gator. Jackson collusion. That is a very good shot. Yeah, a long range shot from Silver. It could be worse. Matt's rattled the jaws back Could have won it in 11 shots, but hasn't. Trent's got an opportunity to win, but he's well wide. That is awful from Trent. John Silver's about a mile behind, and he's in the curtains. curtains. Oh, God, John, you're killing me. Matt set himself up just in front of the gator here. Uh, a lot of work for Trent to do. He's in front of the gate, slightly behind. It's a good Matt. setup, but Matt can't miss. John Silver out of the curtains. Hey, that's... Mm. Yeah, Nick Jackson tried to jump. Oh, Matt oh. in and out. In and out. Dickhead. <laughs> oh, <laughs> off, Trent. 
all for Trent to win here. Matt is shaking his head. He knew the championship was his. He's yeah. skied it from a yard out. Yeah. Trent is so confident. He's checking his tweets, lining up the shots. I hope he misses it now. Looking at the camera. Easy shot. He's won. Trent wins. Fair play. 13 shots. Trent has the beautiful being the elite. Get a golf championship per tournament uh, belt. Yeah, uh, it's 3.30 in the morning, apparently. Oh. Looks pretty bright outside. Yeah, and he gets a slow-mo belt lift like prime yeah, John Morrison. A John, oh, Johnny TV, as he is in AEW now. Is that really what he's called? Yes, he's John QTV. And that's it. That's the uh, being the elite uh, get a golf tournament uh, finished. Trent is our inaugural being the elite champion. Trent would have been my second pick out of those three. Well, Trent seemed quite reluctant through the entire tournament. I I think he said he didn't want to win in the first round against Chucky T. (laughs) He was checking his phone the entire way through the final, complaining about how late it was. But Trent has the gold. He does, and I'll take that. And it, it was, to be honest, if it had been, um, I think if it had been whichever Jackson it was, it would have smacked a collusion. So maybe he threw it. So it was, maybe it was all a master plan to keep um, to keep Johnny Hungy away from the belt. That last shot of Matt Jackson's, it, it was his to win, and I think he was a little bit too confident. Uh, mm. Confidence was a good thing. I mean, Trent was uber confident when he lined up that shot. I thought this is just going to go wrong because he's been so co- so cocky about it after Matt was cocky and, and then he missed. But, yeah, it was completely justified in this regard. Johnny Hungy, though, fell apart in this game. Oh, it, the pressure got to him. I think he just got it just got in his own head. You know, some people rise to the occasion on the big stage. It was, to my knowledge, it's his first title opportunity, single title opportunity while he's been with AEW. Um, certainly at this point. And... You know, he'll come back bigger and better and stronger and and just more mentally equipped. Yeah, yeah, de- definitely. And, uh, I mean, we're at the end of Season 1 now. We've gone through the entire way through the tournament, but we will come back in the future with Season 2 and look at what happened to the belt going on from here, how they determined who would be a number one contender and the other types of sporting competition that, that were involved in, in trying to crown a new champion. We will. We will. I'm hoping for um, for maybe some swing ball. Oh, interesting. They do these things in the hotel and at Daly's Place. They don't actually have any uh, <laughs> earth to dig the swing ball set in. So. You can get one. You could get like a, you could get like um, you know, like a base for a parasol. You know, the big heavy bases. They could improvise one like that. Uh, Tony, Tony, Tony Khan could get the AEW R&D department on it. Well, they, they could just dig up the Jacksonville Jaguars pitch, actually, couldn't they? Yeah, exactly. It'd be fine. Yeah? Yeah, swing ball would be good. Um, maybe maybe badminton. Yeah. Or, or um, crown green bowling. Crown green bowling would be excellent. I mean, some of these corridors at Daly's Place, I don't know who built it. I mean, they say the cans have a lot of money, but they can't, either they didn't spend it on Daly's Place <laughs> or the builders saw them coming. Because there's loads, of, there's loads of places in Daly's Place that aren't flat. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. Maybe uh, maybe bowls would be uh, be a bad choice with the 
<laughs> the camber and, and the and the slopes on some of those floors. So that that's all to come. But we do have another pint-sized project lined up before we get to season two. We do, and it's an exciting one. It is. It is. We are going back in time. We're going to the seventies, and we are going to watch. Every surviving match, it's a bit like Doctor Who here, isn't it, where there's uh, uh, matches that just don't exist for public consumption, there's matches that are the whole matches, matches that are just highlights, there's matches that are just fragments, but conversely, there's matches that never got aired, there were dark matches or during the TV strikes of the 70s that never got shown on TV, but now we can watch thanks to YouTube. We are going... So watch every match that Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks had in their run-up to the big clash at Wembley in 1981. This is going to be an education because Daddy and Haystacks were obviously household names of British institutions. And I've seen the old bits here and there. I've even seen Haystacks in WCW in his short run as Loch Ness. I have never really watched much of them in their sort of the, their heyday, the, the height of popularity. So I'm very excited to see uh, to see how this pans out and how this comes about. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to. It. I'm really looking forward to you seeing it with a fresh pair of eyes uh, and what you think about it. And you know, we, we, we're going to have this pint-sized um, podcast, so we're not going to do like full in-depth, hold for hold. Uh, reviews of some of these matches uh, we're going to really try and focus on you know highlights of the matches how we feel about them what the crowd reaction was that kind of thing and yeah see if we can get into the hype for uh, the Dale Martin spectacular of 1981 at Wembley yeah and like I say it's it's something that I really that I really am looking forward to it's wrestling history and, and more importantly British wrestling history and it's I've got a feeling it's going to go down smooth as a pint of Jersey cream Excellent, as Big Daddy used to drink while he was walking around Crystal Palace. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, because it was for health reasons. For health reasons, yeah, he wants to keep himself regular. <laughs> and trim. Yeah, so, so talking about someone who likes to keep themselves regular and trim, Dan, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, at DanGriffin21, usually tweeting about wrestling that's a minimum six weeks out of date or movies that are 25 years out of date. And if you want to hear more of me talking about stuff... I'm over on the Doctor Who pod with Cy Powell on SJP World Media, where we look at one episode per Doctor per series, seeing what lands for me with the classic Who as a modern Who fan, and the reverse for Cy with the modern Who as he's a classic Who fan. I did so well, I nearly got through the full outro like the week before. You nearly did, Dan. You nearly did. I'm getting there. I can do it. Getting there. Yes, and, and you're going to have some madness in Season 5, apparently. Yes, there is going to be some chaos in Season 5. We are effectively relinquishing control of what we watch and we're giving it to all our guests thus far and the hands of fate will be asking uh, all our guests from seasons two three and four back asking them all to have a roster of episodes ready to go and we'll uh, we'll let the dice decide as we did for uh, for season four so uh, you'll be involved robber as we've already talked about off air and yeah it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, to see how mean or kind our guests are to us Excellent. Excellent. I'm really looking forward to that. That'll be good. 
You can find me at UTT Rob. It's really more about the music than about the followers. I'm absolutely more than happy to follow back on the same channel that listen to the hit this. You can hear the One Man's Meat podcast with Danny at Scottish Juggalo and the real Chris Vellis, and they're going through the forgotten storylines of wrestlers, wrestlers that might not get that much love, that kind of thing. They do have their own pint-sized project called Cuts, where they're looking at every episode of Wrestle Society X and Wrestle Society Extra. So short podcasts about a short wrestling show, because the episodes are only about 20 minutes, so really easy to digest and something fun to get involved with. On the main show, we're looking at the first and last of wrestling, so debuts, finales, that kind of thing. It'd be really great if you could uh, come along. And we do have another side project, uh, which is coming to an end shortly on Booking the Tankatory, where we're looking at the ups and downs of the in-ring career of legitimately the hardest man that ever lived, one David Tank Abbott. And if you go to the Twitter for that, at UTT Tank, you can get some hashtag tank facts. Yeah, you can. Such as, what goes up must come down, unless it was thrown by Tank Abbott. He's responsible for the world's first satellite. He is indeed, he is indeed. And talking about governments that pay for satellites, the US Congress uh, is debating about raising the debt ceiling. Tank Abbott is debating about raising the ceiling in his bullion vault. <laughs> At this point, it'd probably easy, be easier for him to just dig down. <laughs> well, the trouble is he'd get to the centre of the earth and, and he'd end up breaking through to his bullion vault in Australia. Oh, yeah. yeah. At least he'd have somewhere nice in the middle when it goes molten so he can have a swim. Exactly. And lions don't concern themselves with the opinions of sheep, but they're terrified about what Tank Abbott might be thinking. Especially if he, what he's thinking is breakfast. <laughs> so, as I say, that's it for season one. We will be back at some time in the future with season two. But uh, for now, thank you for listening. Gator Golf, step right up! What could be greater than golf is a gator? Gator Golf, give it a whack. Gator Golf, yeah. throw it right back. Gator Golf, what could be greater yeah. than playing a game of golf is a gator? It's Gator Golf. Hit the ball in his mouth to score, the gator will toss it back out. Gator Golf, hit the ball in his mouth. Gator Golf, will turn all about. You take a shot, Dad. Okay. Yeah! Oh, what a pro! Gator Golf, what could be greater than playing a game of yeah. golf is a gator? Gator Golf.